the 2020 AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Peachtree has been quite a challenge in 2020, but for all of us here at Atlanta Track Club, it is a labor of love, so we are finding a way. It's been a long wait, but it's finally here. Being able to run is one of the only normal things that we can do. Get ready for a Peachtree experience like no other. I think the app that Atlanta Track Club is putting together with the sounds of Peachtree is going to be phenomenal. You're listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. So how's your training going so far for the virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race? We're going to talk about that today here on the Peachtree Podcast. Here with Jay Holder, I'm Jennifer Perry. And it's almost more about the mental aspect of training for us this year rather than the physical. But we're going to cover both sides with our guest on today's podcast, Jay. Yeah, and I bet our listeners have run the gamut, pun intended, on where, <laughs> how their training has gone. I saw Jerry Carnes from 11 Alive this morning tweeted, Oh boy, I signed up for the virtual peach tree in less than a month. I guess I'd better start training. <laughs> so you you have your Jerry's, you have your people who are beyond a Jerry and will start training on maybe November 24th. And then you've got people who've been gearing up for this all summer. And I think actually we'll probably see more of those this year because there have been, as we've talked about in the podcast over the last couple of weeks, there have been so many people running because it's the one thing you can do. You can yes. get out your door, you can run. You might not be able to go to your gym, but you can go for a run, you can go for a walk. So I think people's training, I, if I had to guess, I bet people's training is going really well. And we'll see some people really, really prepared for this year's race. Yeah, and uh, maybe putting in some of their best times ever because you get the chance to plot your own course. And uh, we love that. But uh, today we're talking with someone who's going to get us in the right mindset. And I hadn't really thought much about that yet. Thought about my course, where I want to do this. But I hadn't thought about, okay, how can I personally make this a real experience? And she's got some great insight on how to get ourselves in that right mind space for our own particular race. If you're like me, running with your group of friends, running with your running buddies is what gets you out the door in the morning, knowing that somebody else is going to be there before the sun comes up, slogging it out with you. And it's been hard to do that during the pandemic. And that kind of loss of motivation is tough for people to deal with. And there are ways around it. There are tricks to beat your brain <laughs> into into overcoming that. And uh, I'm really excited with what uh, Abby Keenan uh, explained and taught us on this episode. And, and I learned a lot, and I'm sure that our listeners will too. You're going to love her advice for how to approach race day itself. And then for all of us who are training for the AJC Peachtree Road Race in any year, you know, runners, we tend to get injured. And so on the physical side of things, we have a doctor from Northside Hospitals, Orthopedic Institute, Sports Medicine, who's going to talk about the training, depending on where you are. Are you a new runner? Are you an experienced runner? Are you a young runner, an old runner? We all have to approach that differently depending on our physical abilities, but he's going to offer some advice on trying to stay unhurt as we train for this race. And he answers the question that's been on my mind and I think so many other people's minds in these times where you have to be ultra careful about where you go and who you see. When is your injury enough to go visit a doctor and when can you just ice it and rest at home and and i and i loved his advice and i'm sure that a lot of you are wondering that right now as you're maybe icing a sore hamstring or or dealing with a bum knee should i go to the doctor he answers the question for us we'll get that answer on this week's peach tree podcast stay tuned Cliff Bar and Company is proud to be the official nutrition sponsor of Atlanta Track Club and to introduce a new look to the same great Cliff Builders protein bars. Cliff Builders bars are made with 20 grams of complete protein 
and essential amino acids to help repair and build muscle after a big race. For example, the biggest 10K on the entire planet. Remember, Cliff Builders has you covered once you hit Piedmont Park, but recovering from that massive Thanksgiving feast? Well, you might just be on your own. Staying motivated in the pandemic, especially when you're training for things like virtual races, just like the virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race, sometimes that motivation can wane a little bit. It's been a very different year for anyone who's running or even picking it up for the first time. So our next guest today is going to help us stay motivated during our next few weeks of training. Why don't you introduce Abby Keenan for us here? Yeah. And if you're a regular reader of Wingfoot or Peachtree Magazine or Atlanta Track Club's The Distance, Abby's been helping you get through these tough times. And even before these tough times, with some of her advice, she's a mental performance consultant. Abby, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Something we were talking about right before we started recording is what do you do? What is a mental performance consultant? Tell us what kind of people seek your services and and what you can provide for them. Yeah, thanks, Jay. So with mental performance, it is a bit different than mental health. And each of them are, you know, amazing in their own right in terms of services that people can seek out, um, whether you're an athlete or not. So on the mental performance side, what I do is I explore people's version of success and help them to reach that through mental skills. So we look at various things like motivation, like we're going to talk about today, but it could also be how motivation and values connect to goal setting. It could be confidence for an upcoming race. It could be how do you stay focused in the midst of all of these distractions and everything that we're managing these days. So a number of different mental skills that help them to certainly perform better, whether that's in training or racing, but it could also be just to improve their well-being. So um, right now we're doing everything virtually, which has been really fun to connect with athletes from ages 13 to uh, mid-60s is typically my, my average population. And I know you're a former competitive swimmer yourself, but you're not just talking to competitive and elite athletes. These are anybody who's out there trying to get their best out of their performance. That's right. You know, we like to think um, our clients are going to be at all levels. The important thing is that they have some physical, technical, and tactical knowledge of whatever sport that they're in. And they're just looking to grow on the mental side. A lot of times they do come with a particular issue. We're working with a lot of cross-country runners right now who are stuck at that halfway point of their 5Ks and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening. And can you help me get through that moment so that I can have the race that really reflects my potential? Um, But no, it could be beginners, intermediate, advanced. We do work with some elite athletes, but you're spot on. Mental performance training and mental skills are for everyone. There's a famous quote, and I can't remember who to attribute it to now, but it says 90% of running is mental. (laughs) Uh, Do you find that to be an accurate equation? Uh, the equation can be different for everyone. I think the key is that I really feel like, especially this year, I think people are awake to mental is normal and mental performance or mental health are good services to be considering for an athlete. Um, you're starting to see so many professional, well-known, very famous athletes talking about these concepts now and how much it's helped them to grow. So I wouldn't put a a particular percentage on it. I think that people are just aware that it's important. And then it's lending itself to, okay, how much time are you investing in your training? Just like you're out there on the roads or in the trails and you're resting and recovering and taking nutrition and hydration into account. This is another piece of the puzzle. Well, mental performance is certainly a big piece of that puzzle here, Abby. And I know it seems that we have to be more self-motivated now than ever because of how things have changed in our all of our worlds in 2020. 
but it's kind of easy to slip and, and maybe fall away from the training and some of the mental aspects of this. So any tips for staying focused on our individual goals, especially since, you know, things like even our race schedules are so different this year. You're right. Everything has changed and um, it looks different. It's funny. Every client has a different experience right now. And so there's not a one size fits all approach. You know, I I look at this from two lenses. Option one is let's reevaluate our goals and see if they're still meaningful right now. You know, I (laughs) at the beginning of the pandemic, what I started to see and y'all may have y'all may have experienced this as well is all these people, whether it was in running or just in general life and work. People are pushing out what I like to think of as the productivity propaganda. Um, Now is a good time to get all this stuff done. And, you know, for some people, that's just not reality. And that's actually counterproductive. So what I've been encouraging athletes to really consider from one lens is to think about, is now the time to keep pursuing your goal or not? And if it's not, that is okay. You know, when we look at something like the hierarchy of needs, which was proposed by Maslow in the 40s, Our basic needs, our fundamental needs come first. They always come first. So if you are struggling right now with basic essentials like safety, like food and water and shelter, like employment, it's going to be astronomically harder to stay focused on your goals. And that is okay. I think it's important for us to recognize our individual experience and how that could trickle into our motivation And not just sticking with a goal for the sake of sticking with it, you know, like that might not be the most productive thing to do. And it might, it might actually cause us to feel more pressure or anxiety or detrimental mental health effects. So that's kind of one lens that I take on the other lens. If your basic needs are met and you are kind of advancing up that pyramid of the hierarchy of needs, you can have the luxury of continuing to build connections with other people and continuing to try to go after your goals, um, particularly related to things like running or walking or being healthy. And so for those types of folks, I think now is a really good time. I like to think of the fourth quarter of the year as our time to reflect and to really consider what this year has meant for us to start to get to know ourselves better, which I know a lot of people have been doing this year anyway, just with everything that's been going on. And to really try to understand our values and what is important to us. What are those reasons that we set goals and we work towards them? And, you know, I, I like to think if you don't know yourself, it's hard to change yourself. And so if you can have that clear understanding and self-awareness, that's going to lead you to reevaluate your goals and then to keep pushing forward. And then, of course, there are tools to keep pushing forward if that's what you choose to do. I think a lot of runners, you know, we're all very time focused. I want to break an hour. I want to break 45 minutes. I want to run the entire thing. How often are you working with people on adjusting those goals for reality? Because I imagine, you know, there's one thing to say whether I can pursue these goals or whether I need to maybe take a break. But I imagine a lot of what people are, are reckoning with and dealing with is having to adjust their goals for the current time. You're not wrong, Jay. (laughs) That's a very good observation. No, so one of the basic principles of goal setting is that when you set a goal, we want it to be realistic, like you said, and also challenging. So having that framework of, okay, let's really take an honest account of what is happening. Is that a realistic and challenging goal for me? Does it make sense for me? Is it meaningful for me? And sure, this year might lead us to adjust for a number of different reasons. I know I certainly adjusted. And I know a lot of my clients have adjusted just based on expectations and safety and training and what they're able to do. Um, You know, I've worked with a lot of youth athletes. So the school component has come into play of how do we navigate everything that's going on? Um, You know, and so in terms of the goals people 
tend to set, realistic and challenging, yes. And then there are three types of goals that we can look at. So um, a lot of times we do set outcome goals, which may, you know, not bad and also may not be the best because there are things like getting on the podium or, um, you know, getting a, a medal or something like that. And for some people that could be realistic. For a lot of people, it might not be. And the important thing about that is that it's not always in our control. And so if we shift to something like a performance goal, that is a bit more in our control because it is a type of goal that is based on past performance, based on our current training, based on conditions that, that we understand about ourselves and that we do have more control over. And so I would encourage folks, you know, let's say that you're going to be running the virtual peach tree. Hey, you get the luxury of setting your own course this year. It might be a little bit easier than your typical July 4th run, not to mention the weather. Um, and so maybe your typical peach tree time is about an hour. Maybe you want to try to bump it down to 55 to 50. And that would be a bit more of a performance goal because that's more within your control because of the, the factors at play. But it's also based on your past performance. So that would be something to consider. And then using this next month or so, a little under a month, I guess, to really be strategic in the process. How are you going to tackle these next three, four weeks? to um, take account where you are right now in your training cycle and also look at what are the things that you want to fine tune and tweak so that you're ready come Thanksgiving. Well, it's kind of fascinating that this has been your job all along, not just in 2020, Abby. So I'm wondering how have the questions differed from the clients that you work with in this challenging year? Because I think a, a lot of times, you know, we feel like we're on an island right now in terms of our training and getting ready for a virtual race. It helps if we feel like we're not alone in this. So has everyone just kind of had to readjust their attitudes, their goals and everything else? And what about those of us who feed off some of those group activities every once in a while? I mean, any tips for us in dealing with that? Because a lot people have a competitive spirit and it helps to have people around you. It does. So one of the fundamental psychological needs that we look at is relatedness. So having that group of people that we love, that love us, that respect us, that support us, that keep us accountable. And so I get it. A lot of people are missing that right now. I'm not because I'm more of an introvert, <laughs> to be <laughs> completely honest. And so, right, J2, nice. Yeah. So those of us who are introverts are like, yes, this is awesome. But no, there are tons of people that are really struggling with that right now. And the best thing is to keep safety in mind, to keep the precautions in mind that are very clearly laid out by the CDC and WHO in determining how can you still stay connected? I'm sure it's not the same virtually as it is in person and not a lot of opportunities out there to be in person, um, but still trying to make the most of it and recognizing that this is temporary. You know, hopefully there's going to be an end sometime in 2021, and we're all looking very much forward to that. But I love what you brought up about the normalization of how people are feeling. Yes, everyone is experiencing the pandemic differently and the Black Lives Matter movement differently. Everyone has their own unique experience, and that's really important to um, try to be as non-judgmental about that for yourself and for other people, because we're all fighting a hard battle right now, whether that's internally or externally. And so recognizing that, but it's so funny because especially my youth clients, those 13 to 18 year olds, they are all having the same experience right now. And it's so funny getting to obviously keeping confidentiality in mind. So I'm not saying, oh, so-and-so said this, but I'm saying, guess what? This experience you're talking about, everyone else in your age group that I'm working with, they're also talking about that. Hmm. And so I think the take home is for youth athletes in particular, they are all seeking belonging right now especially with the disconnection in person, 
they're all looking to belong. And truthfully, we all are. Like if you listen to Brene Brown's work on her incredible podcast called Unlocking Us, the, the one thing that we are all wanting is belonging. And in the middle of a pandemic, when we're you know physically distanced, that is really hard to accomplish. And so it's good that, that people are experiencing that. That's normal. And the best thing that we can do is talk to other people about that. So much of the time, we think we're the only ones like living in the bubble, like you mentioned. And if you can reach out to a loved one, a friend, a, even a professional, if that's going to be a good fit for you right now, whether it's on the mental health side or the mental performance side, just talking about it. Because guess what? I guarantee you that person on the other end of that phone call, that FaceTime, that Zoom, or a distance porch outdoor visit, they're going to be feeling something similar. I love Brene Brown's podcast, and it's been part of what's gotten me through uh, some of these tough months. I, I have a question. Me too. <laughs> yes. And I, there's one in my queue right now. I, I have a question that might be a little more of a chicken and the egg question. I don't even know if you'll be able to answer it, but I was just, as you were talking, I was kind of wondering. So obviously you need to be mentally tough to perform athletically to your potential, but how often are you dealing with people who need that performance and need that rush of adrenaline to be mentally tough? Ah, that is a good chicken and the egg conversation. I think it's both, honestly. And so let's break that down to the bare bones. What we're talking about here is motivation and behavior and kind of like motivation and goals, really. So do you need to be motivated to set a goal, to perform, to behave in a particular way? Or do you need to perform and behave in a particular way to be motivated? And the answer is both. <laughs> so you can approach it either direction. And the way that we think about this, like if we if we come back to, um, there's a particular model in behavior change called the COM-B model. And all it essentially at the, the fundamentals, what it means is that um, capability, opportunity, and motivation are three essential conditions for behavior. So in order to behave a particular way, we need those things to, to fuel us, right? And also on the flip side, if you think about it from the alternate perspective, sometimes setting a goal again, that's realistic and challenging, that can be something that motivates us. So I think it could be both. Um, and a quick side note too, there, if you like podcasts like Jay and I apparently do, um, there's actually a newer podcast called 80% Mental. And they recently dropped an episode about setting goals that stick, which was really excellent. So if you're curious about goal setting, I would highly recommend going and checking out that episode to learn more about the dynamic between motivation and goals and the chicken and the egg, I guess. Well, chances are our listeners this week, Abby, have set at least a goal to run this virtual yes. AJC Peachtree <laughs> Road Race. So any tips for us in these final few weeks of our training? Yeah, it comes down to the process. You know, I would really reflect around Halloween. Um, what have you already accomplished? What are you hoping to accomplish? So what is that goal that you set? And, and I like to think of it as like, be realistic and, and where are you at right now? And what does that mean for you? You know, is your goal still realistic? It might be good to consider um, changing that if you feel like that's not the most realistic approach. But if it does feel within reach, you know, stay the course and really consider how are you going to map out these last three to four weeks so that you're getting the most of your time and you're making your training a priority. You know, one thing I would consider, at least this is my perspective, not that I'm going to go full pledge into this, but I thought about like, if I was going to make this virtual peach tree really awesome, what would I do? And so one of the things that I know I'm going to miss the most is the energy, the crowds, 
just the full experience. And so I think the app that Atlanta Track Club is putting together with the, the sounds of Petrie is going to be phenomenal to use day of so that you can kind of experience some of that typical energy as you go along. But what I would almost think about is, you know, of course, keeping safety and, you know, precautions in mind. Who do you want to kind of create that experience with? You know, are friends and family going to do it with you at a distance, maybe in mass, um, depending on, you know, what your, your experience is going to be like? Um, who could you set up to have water stations at certain points of the course? Who could you set up to have cheering stations at certain points of the course? So I think we could get really creative with this. And now's the time to go ahead and plan and solidify that if that's the, the way that you want to go. The other thing that I thought about that could be really cool that I know I'm definitely going to do is day of, you know, it is, it's tough. I'm just going to call it, you know, it is really tough not have had the opportunity to have this experience July 4th. It was a rough day for me because this has been a part of our tradition since 2015. So certainly not as long as other people, but what I want to do is to just pause before I start running. And, you know, I'm going to do that at my house because I'm just going to run straight into the park at the end of our street, but do it in a safe place where you feel comfortable and close your eyes if you can. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe it's before you leave the house. And I want you to just think about the typical peach tree experience if it's something that you've done before, you know, so bringing your senses into it. Um, so I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to think about what would I typically be seeing right now if I was close to my corral at the start line? What would I be hearing all around me? You know, the, the noises of the DJ, all the hustle and bustle of people, people throwing, you know, all sorts of things over fences. <laughs> um, what would I, what, like, what would this experience be like for me? What would I be feeling underneath my feet or on me in terms of my bib on my shirt kind of deal? What would I be smelling? What would I be even tasting perhaps? And then really just trying to bring the emotion into it. You know, that day for me, it's just incredible. Like it has so much meaning to me to be surrounded by, you know, 59,000 and counting other friends and other, other people who value running and who want to be a part of the running community that we've built in Atlanta. And it just has so much personal meaning. So try to just soak in the emotion of that. And um, I think that could be something that you practice these next couple of weeks. And then you almost quote unquote perform that day of as kind of like using imagery really to create the experience to maybe relive a favorite Petri memory at the start line if you want to to just create a new meaning on Thanksgiving for this virtual race. What's your favorite Peachtree memory? Well, my favorite was running in the rain. <laughs> I think that was 2015. Everyone else around me, I could still hear them just yapping and complaining. And I was like, yes, rain, because it was so much cooler. So I just, I loved that. I loved running in the rain, being completely wet head to toe walking into Piedmont Park and just feeling like, I mean, that was the best time for me too. So that was nice, but it was just incredible to have that weather, you know, that's not always going to be the case. And I think every year what I look forward to at the end is um, we always go meet up with a friend of mine who now lives in Colorado, but he's been running it for years and years and years and always comes back. And so just getting to reconnect with friends and my husband always does it with me. And so having those, those moments after the race to just celebrate and be together and, and have fun. Um, that's always a good memory for me. We're going to channel that into our own race weekend. Abby, if people want to find out more about your services and what you do, where can they find you? Sure. Thank you. Um, so our website is intrepidperformance.com and I'll spell it. It's I-N-T-R-E-P-I-D performance.com. 
Uh, we are also, you can find us mostly on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is Intrepid Perf. So I-N-T-R-E-P-I-D-P-E-R-F. And yes, we'd love to connect with y'all. If you have further questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Of course, you can find Abby every month in the Wingfoot Magazine. She'll be in the upcoming edition of Peachtree Magazine, which will be in your mailboxes on race week and check out from the experts on the distance.atlantatrackclub.org for past articles. Abby Keenan, thanks so much for motivating us. I'm excited to go outside, close my eyes and picture Peachtree right now and go for a run. Awesome. Well, hope everyone has a, a great run. Thanks for joining us even virtually and can't wait to hopefully get back to an in-person race next year. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Abby. The Garmin Forerunner 45 keeps it simple so you can focus on the miles. This fuss-free watch monitors heart rate, tracks pace and distance, and can even bring personal coaching to your wrist. Visit Garmin.com to learn more. I love her advice, Jay. The one thing I'm going to skip, though, on race day is I'm not going to imagine the smells of Peachtree. Is that okay? Because, I mean, I'm not going to miss the porta-potties. That's the one <laughs> thing I will not miss about this year's race. <laughs> you don't like the smell of 60,000 people on the 4th of July in no, Atlanta, Georgia? Not, oh, nor I on MARTA, not on the MARTA train after the race. No, I will not I miss have, that. I have a Yankee candle of that scent in my living room. I miss <laughs> <laughs> so, soak it all in. <laughs> oh, well, we, we're working with our app developer now as we get this app ready. It has the sounds. We're, we're working on a way for it to pump the smells out of your phone, but we haven't quite oh, gotten good. the technology yet. <laughs> yeah, we can skip that part this year, Jay. It's okay. fine, okay? Right. Well, 2022. <laughs> but I love her advice there, and I know that it is a very different experience for so many of us preparing to do a virtual race instead. But for you guys at Atlanta Track Club, you have been able to do some in-person racing this year. And that's going to include this weekend with one of the biggest yet, the PNC 10-miler and 5K. Yeah, we were able to do that uh, for a number of reasons, and I'll get into that. But first, if you haven't signed up yet, registration is open until Saturday night okay. at atlantatrackclub.org. This is a by-appointment race on, a pri on private property. It's at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. This is one of my favorite races that Atlanta Track Club puts on every year, the PNC Atlanta 10-miler and 5K. We couldn't hold it at the traditional location of Atlantic Station this year because right now the city of Atlanta is not permitting large mass gatherings. Right. Uh, and, and we don't know when that will happen again. Uh, so we've been able to move some of our events to private properties for a by-appointment race format. Uh, we did the public summer series over the months of July and early August, which were much smaller events where you signed up for a time slot and we started 10 people on the start line every five minutes. Masks were enforced. There were health screenings. It was a contactless experience for people. They got their, their post-race snacks and swag uh, from a table after they finished. The 10-miler is going to be a lot like that. We've moved the course to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, which is private property, so we didn't have to deal with permits. And we are starting 25 people every five minutes uh, for the 10K. And what used to be the 5K, it's actually a 2.54 mile event now. Oh, okay, you get a little break. <laughs> that's right. That's one lap of the track. So we thought that that was just a, a much cleaner start and finish. And we'll start them every five minutes. And, and, and the track, is a, it's a large facility. It's a really wide road. So people will be able to socially distance. We've gotten a lot of questions about why couldn't we do that with Peachtree? Mm -hmm. The Peachtree is, it's just a much different kind of beast. <laughs> with 60,000 people, it's very hard to do by appointment racing if you're not setting aside 
a couple of days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did investigate that, as Rich talked about in the first episode of the podcast this year. We looked at doing the peach tree over three different weekends in three different locations. And what we were coming up with, what we were putting together was a 10K, yes, but it wasn't the peach tree. Yeah. We couldn't do it on the course. We would be you know, at, at closed locations across Metro Atlanta, and it would be not at all like what people are used to experiencing on the 4th of July or, or this year we're looking forward to on Thanksgiving. So it's a case-by-case basis uh, on some of these events, and we're going to try to bring as many in-person experiences to people as we can, um, but only if we can do it safely and in a way that, that is an enjoyable experience for all the participants. Well, this weekend sounds like great fun, but a very hilly course, is that right? It's super hilly. You can check out, I did a course tour. You can check it out on Atlanta Trek Club's YouTube channel. There aren't hills where you're just going straight up at any point. It's Mm -hmm. just sort of relentless. The hills just never stop. There aren't any massive hills, except there's one at the beginning of every lap. It's three laps of the track, but it is, you're, you're never on flat. Um, But I will say this, like if hills scare you, the experience of running on a racetrack more than makes up for the hard hills. I thought it was the coolest thing just being out there by myself a couple of weeks ago running on the track. I think people are going to really, really enjoy being out there and and feeling like a race car as they go around all the turns there. (laughs) Well, good luck to all of you participating, whether that's in person this weekend or virtually. And either way, you get some pretty nice swag out of this race too. Yeah, we've got an awesome messenger bag that everybody gets. We will be selling shirts on site that talk about the hills and the one-year edition at the racetrack. Um, and of course, you get your goodies from Cliff and PNC Bank, some of the key sponsors here. So yeah, it's it's going to be an awesome event. I'm really excited about it. I will say one of the rules is you have to make race car noises the entire time you're, <laughs> you're running. So, <laughs> Jay, you started this. So as uh, runners are out there and hear race car noises from other people, <laughs> we can blame you for that. But enjoy your race this weekend. And it's a great prep race for the virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race. So good luck to our runners this weekend. Play the Georgia Lottery and win big from anywhere with online digi-games. Over 50 fun games to choose from, and you can also play Fantasy Five, Kino, Cash Pop, Mega Millions, or Powerball on your phone, online, you name it. Play now at PlayDigi, P-L-A-Y-D-I-G-G-I.com. Joining us next here on the Peachtree Podcast today is Dr. Joseph Powers with Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute. He's the one who treats us when things tend to go wrong with our running. And uh, Dr. Powers, we were talking before the podcast taping today. You've still been busy during the pandemic. What did you say? Uh, Gravity is still working right now, isn't it? Gravity is is keeping us in business for sure. (laughs) So we're thankful for people like you because we tend to, especially as we kind of increase our distances and go through our training, we all have aches and pains, but I'm wondering at what point should we see a doctor versus try to treat things ourselves when we're at home and in our training process? Yeah, I, you know, I think the biggest thing I can tell my athletes is if the pain is persisting, um, especially after exercise or, you know, into the next day, you're starting to that pain uh, that's persisting beyond the actual activity itself. That's kind of a clue right there that something is, is awry. I think pain that is occurring earlier in runs as well can kind of clue you in. Or if, you know, if you're feeling, you know, along the area of tenderness and there's, there's true, you know, bony pain or pain kind of specifically over the bone itself, that can also kind of clue you in for stress injuries and things like that. So worsening pain, pain that is progressing or, or occurring earlier in runs, um, or that's really lingering beyond that. That's something you would, you want to kind of take the, you know, hit the pause button, either cross train for a little bit or give us a call and uh, kind of get in for evaluation. 
I have a question about that. And maybe this was more so in the earlier days of the pandemic, but with people's fears of interacting and being going out of the house and, and especially going to medical facilities, do you see people being more reluctant to come and see you when they've got an injury? You know, it's been a really interesting trend along those lines because early on, there was definitely some reluctance to kind of to, to come in and we were kind of doing the best we could to kind of assess things from afar over telemedicine and things like that. And I think also, especially for, uh, for some of my more endurance athletes, we were seeing them later than we typically would for their injuries. They're kind of holding on to it, trying to self-treat or kind of work through problems for longer periods of time. In the last little bit, I feel like folks are being a little bit more responsive and getting in, or if they've had a lingering issue, they're a little bit more open to coming in for evaluation, but you're definitely right. There was definitely a little trend in the in the opposite direction early on. Interesting. And I, I would imagine there are probably a lot of new people taking up things like running during this time too. Any tips as they start to really increase their training over these next few weeks, Dr. Powers, and, and increase that weekly mileage? I think especially as the weather's kind of getting a little bit better now, I'm, I'm seeing more and more folks out. You just run, I'm out uh, running as well. So, you know, I think it's really important, especially if you're new to the sport, trying to kind of, you know, really kind of lay out a schedule for yourself and really trying to emphasize some cross training early on. You can really work on your, you know, your conditioning that way while saving your body some of the reps as you're kind of progressing up in the mileage right there. You don't just want to just zero to 60 and just plow right through the miles. And and that's really how you open up yourself to overuse type injuries. So trying to be kind of slow and steady with that progression of mileage and kind of dialing up in a very kind of progressive fashion while emphasizing with the other cross training and resistance training, things like that. You mentioned you're a runner yourself. How has that helped you personally during the course of this pandemic? Um, I think honestly, just from a stress standpoint, it has been the best thing. I mean, it's always been a great way to clear my head, but I think especially over the last few months, virtual school, just work being crazy, um, kids run, running around the house, having that little bit of time just to just to de-stress and kind of just, just kind of clear your mind, I think is so important. I know you work with a lot of, of high school students, and for the first time this year, we're doing a high school championship within the AJC Peachtree Road Race because that lack of a cross-country season or a state championship possibly for, for a lot of these high school kids. Is there anything specifically that, that high school kids should look out for as they're developing and they're, they're younger as they set out to try to run complete 10K, which is a long distance for, for a 16, 17-year-old? Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I, I think especially for, for my more novice runners, if it's their first go around with cross country and track and uh, or if they're trying to, you know, if they're you know, playing multiple sports, for example, soccer, but they also pick up cross country for the first time, really paying attention to mileage and really paying attention to the pain. If it's if pain is persisting for those athletes, especially their their bones are still growing, their bodies are still growing, and they don't respond to you know that stress in the same ways. They may need relatively more rest than a more developed, um, kind of more mature uh, runner. So I, I really try to to talk to their parents, their coaches, and the athletes themselves about just really taking it low, slow, and steady over a longer period of time, as opposed to just saying I'm going to sit here and not run and then just ramp it up, you know, really dramatically with the mileage. That's just a, it's a real way to get into trouble. Now, what about those of us who are just a bit older? I wish I'd started running in high school, guys. But uh, what about those of us who are getting a little bit older? And, uh, you know, as we tack on the years, it's getting a little bit harder out there. But we want to be like our friend uh, Betty Lindbergh, Jay, who's 90 what now? 93, 94? She just turned 96. 96. Okay, she's 96 and still running. How do we protect our bodies, Dr. Powers, so that we can still be running even later in life. Yeah, so certainly something, something to aspire to right there for sure. 96, that's amazing. Yeah, I, you know, I think for, for, for my runners as they age, I think really, once again, going back to that cross training, giving your body that extra recovery time and working on kind of accessory kind of other muscle groups that 
earlier on, some of my runners are able to kind of, you know, fake it through. Um, if they've got some relative weakness in their hips, for example, or their gait patterns aren't quite, you know, quite spot on, really taking some time to kind of work on those other muscle groups, work on the hip abductors, those gluteal muscles and things like that. I think for my runners as they, as they kind of advance in age, I think it's really critical to kind of help maintain and help prevent some of those overuse type injuries. I always try to encourage them once again with the cross training. It's tough right now during COVID times. Um, a lot of them are especially kind of worried about going to the gym and things like that, which I completely understand. So try to be creative and try to think of other ways to kind of use uh, your body in different ways to stay active, keep up the aerobic conditioning to keep yourself in good shape, but saving some of those reps from a mileage standpoint. What are some of the cross training? And I know that it's going to be different now in COVID times that, than it was before, but what are some of the, the traditional cross training exercises you'd recommend that specifically benefit runners and work sort of that same muscle group? Yeah. So in general, um, my, my question for my runners a lot of times, because I feel like a lot of my runners, especially they're like, they define themselves as runners. That's all they do. That's all they do to work out. And it's a really good way to open up to overuse type injuries. So I kind of ask them like, well, what do you do? If you could not run, what would be the one exercise you would replace it with? Be it bike, elliptical, uh, you know, pool work, um, aquatics are fantastic, uh, rowing machine, anything like that, anything where you're getting some of that aerobic conditioning in there, but saving some of the impact on joints, uh, bones, uh, tendon, soft tissues, uh, things like that. Really, it's whatever you enjoy is, is I think it's going to be kind of the key right there. Um, because it's something that, that you, you don't want to just, you know, sit there and do an exercise that you just can't stand. It's, you're going to you're not going to have fun doing it. You're not going to do it to the same extent. You're not going to get the same degree of workout. You're not going to be happy doing it either. So whatever you enjoy doing, I think is the right answer with it and just saving the reps. You tend to see people after they've already maybe had a misstep, a mistake and maybe got injured. How frustrating is that? Because I know, you know, if, if I'm just coming back from a, a minor thing, sometimes it's frustrating to kind of step back for a few weeks. But how important is it to give your body that time to heal? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think runners, especially are kind of, are kind of folks who tend to try to work through injuries more often than they should, especially if you get a big end goal in sight, you've got a race coming up or whatever the case is. Um, you're, you're, you've got that big goal in the, at the end and you're trying your darndest to kind of work through it. And that can be, a, that can be a real problem right there. Cause you've got this, you've got this goal that you want to hit, but sometimes it's the wrong thing for your body to be doing at that point in time. Really, you know, it, it's tough to get a, give a, a strong answer for, you know, how long to expect uh, to be down for any particular injury. If it's a soft tissue injury, sometimes, you know, we can get that to kind of calm down in a few weeks with some anti-inflammatory ice, maybe a little bit of rehab or even some physical therapy, potentially. If it's a bony injury, like a stress fracture or a stress reaction, for example, it may take, you know, a, a longer period of time than that. I think the real key, though, is once again, going back to that cross training again, we can usually keep you active in, in other ways while you're resting and recovering. So even if you're not hitting the pavement or you know actually getting the miles under your belt, we can usually keep you pretty darn active in the meantime. So, you're, so as the injury is healing up, you haven't lost your conditioning necessarily. Are you seeing any different kinds of injuries now that we are all kind of running in our neighborhoods? Are, is there anything new that's popped up? Any new trends that you've noticed? Yeah, so uh, it's it's been funny. So I think the two things that, that I would I would call out one, I've seen more folks that are picking up running because it was the only thing that was available for the longest time, and all it needs is all you need is a pair of shoes and maybe need, not not even that sometimes. Um, so a lot of kind of you know uh, novice kind of runners and things like that that I've been seeing in clinic. Um, but I think the other thing I've been seeing that, I, that really has affected us all has been just ergonomics, just uh, neck and upper back issues, lower back issues. Everybody's working from home, sitting in funny positions for long periods of time and not giving themselves that opportunity to stand up, move their bodies, work in more functional patterns, engage their core. 
So uh, I think those have been the two big things. And, and that one, I think, has affected my athletes and my non-athletes alike. Uh, nobody's really been immune to it. That running is not just the legs. There's a lot There's a lot more that goes into it. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned shoes and you might not even need them. <laughs> Any recommendations for us in, in picking out the right shoes and also keeping the right form while we're running, Dr. Powers? Yeah. So, you know, shoes, it's usually whatever's most comfortable for you is, is kind of the right answer. There's the pendulum keeps on swinging back and forth between maximalist, minimalist and everything in between. Um, it's it's really more so, I think, whatever you find your comfort in and making sure you're, you're switching them on a regular basis as you kind of develop that mileage and they start to kind of show some, some signs of wear and tear. Um, I think the big thing as far as the form is concerned is paying attention to your body, right? If you find that your form is going, you can usually call that out. If you know if you're looking at yourself you know, from afar going, man, I think my form is probably going, it's probably time for you to either shut it down or kind of, you know, just maybe get, you know, a slower pace in there, trying to give yourself a little recovery or start heading back home. Because as you start to kind of change that gate, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, some sort of muscle group or something up the line is going to give, give way. And it's You're going to eventually pay the price for that right there. I saw on your bio, you like to run and you like to golf. Is there anything about runners that make good golfers or vice versa? Hmm. That's a, that's an excellent question right there. I've never thought about that. Um, I think, you know, as, as long if you're walking 18, then you're usually used to putting some miles, uh, you know, on those treads right there. So I think that's usually a, a good thing right there. I think honestly, uh, you know, trying to work on some of that core kind of stability and flexibility and getting some of the hips involved as well, um, can be a helpful thing just to kind of generate some power with your swing and golf. Um, I think personality types, I think there's a fair number of, uh, of, of runners that, that like that, that kind of, the methodical nature of golf and um, kind of driving towards that goal as well. So I think there's probably some overlap there for sure. Jay, we might need to work on our golf game. Sounds like so. <laughs> I need to start my golf game. Right, I me work, too. Work on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dr. Powers can give us some tips there too, but I'm going to put you on the spot as we close out today here, Dr. Powers. Uh, have you ever done the AJC Peachtree Road Race? And are you going to join us virtually this year? Absolutely. I've done it every year since I've been back um, in Atlanta. So Going on six or seven years now, I guess it is. And absolutely, we'll be joining you guys virtually this year as well. Dr. Powers, we obviously don't want people to have to see you. But if they do need to see a doctor, we want, we want them to see you. So where, where can they find you? Right. So uh, easiest way is just uh, to pull up Google and uh, Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute Sports Medicine. Um, and our number here is 1-855-NH-SPORT. And you give us a call and we can get you in. No problem. Dr. Joseph Powers, thanks so much for joining us this week here on the Peachtree Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. The Peachtree Podcast sponsored by Invesco QQQ. You don't have to be a deep learning engineer to help us drive into the future. Become an agent of innovation. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Invesco Distributors Incorporated. Coming up next week here on the Peach Tree Podcast, a very special guest and one you don't normally see in costume. She's actually pretty serious about her racing, but she's considering it for this year's virtual AJC Peach Tree Road Race. Who are you talking to next week, Jay? So Molly Seidel's first marathon, the first marathon she ran was the Olympic trials and she made the Olympic team. Her second marathon, she ran 225.13. It was six at the London Marathon, the very socially distanced version of the London Marathon this year. She is on a tear. Now she's going to go for the FKT, or as we like to call it, the fastest known turkey, to run the <laughs> AJC Peachtree Road Race. So we're going to talk to her about how she ended up with a turkey costume, <laughs> what she's done in it before, and you might be surprised. 
and what her big plans are for the Thanksgiving Peachtree Turkey Edition. <laughs> I love this. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun hearing from Molly next week. And, you know, we've said all along, if we're going to do this virtually this year, Jay, you might as well have fun with it, right? Yeah, and she's going to have fun with it and she's going to try to run fast. So it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all unfolds. But I think if you've got to run a 10K on your own on Thanksgiving, pull out all the stops. For sure. Have a blast. Yes. Peachtree is supposed to be fun. Enjoy. So uh, also part of the fun for all of us right now, I know a lot of people have been getting their t-shirts via UPS already. I'm still waiting on mine, Jay. It's going to be here before race day, right? It is. Of course. You know, and I'll tell you, we are, Atlanta Track Club staff and volunteers are personally packing all of those packages. You guys are busy. (laughs) I have a, uh, I'm at my house right now recording this uh, and I have a packaging station set up in my garage where (laughs) after we're done recording, I'm going to go out and pack a couple hundred more Peachtree kits. And if yours is on there, I will just, I'll make sure it's rush delivery. (laughs) Okay. But I know it's going to be here and I can't wait to open it. I'm debating whether to wear mine on race day or not. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about breaking that tradition. So we'll see about that. But next week, we're going to hear from this year's winner of the design contest. And I have to imagine it's pretty cool. She's going to have a very unique shirt in a very unique year. She's making a lot of history, as you said, a unique shirt. It's got the date for July 4th, 2020, which we all know was not a day that there was an AJCP Street Road Race. So (laughs) she's got that on their design. It's the first shirt since 1984 to have type on the back. And she's actually running the race. So not every year do we get somebody who's actually participating. Now, we had the last couple of years we've had a bunch, but for a while it was generally not somebody who was in the race. So she's really excited. It's her first Peachtree too. So we're going to talk to her all about that. Awesome. That's coming up right here next week. Join us again here on the Peachtree Podcast. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.